so far we made it bill michael show on the air good to have you ben kenny basking in the glow of the walk-off last night philly's got a win you out of your mind today ben i'm a happy kid that's for sure yeah uh okay. team of destiny vibes definitely oozing out of this phillies team <laughs> why not us those damn braves well, you know, it's been the wild cards that have uh, played some pretty good baseball in recent history. Yeah. You're talking about teams that have gone on to the World Series. Imagine losing game one on the road like every other team did. Couldn't be me. Yeah. Yep. There you go. So giddiness is flowing through the Ben Kenny household. I was thinking about that yesterday. I was, I had a little work to do around the house and got some things taken care of, but uh, I was thinking about you during uh, a lot of the baseball stuff that I watched uh, last night. Yankees get a big win last night as well, so... A um, couple of different things I wanted to start off with uh, today that uh, Packers back in the practice field getting ready for the New York Jets. We're going to talk about that. The wrap-up to the end of the season and the press conference that aired yesterday during our show. And I thought rather than trying to get into that yesterday as it was going on, let's talk about it today. So we're going to hear some of the cuts from David Stearns and some things to take away from his end-of-season press conference um, because I think that is uh is something to, to discuss and maybe gives you a glimpse into what the season the outlook of the offseason i should say is going to be so we got that coming up mark schofield going to be here peter bukowski is going to be here after his comments yesterday and uh, some of the heat that he was taking i wanted to get him on the program so we're going to get into all of that um interesting that uh today i was reading uh, not just in a couple of different tweets but uh some of the fan forums uh, if you go to the Raiders fan forum, and, and I'm not going to dwell on this by any extent, extent of the imagination, but if you go to some of the Raiders fan forums, they believe Devontae Adams is dragging their team down. <laughs> okay. You know, kind of remember when we said that, you know, he had to be the focus, and was it him or was it Aaron Rodgers? Well, now we know why Rodgers was going after him so much, because obviously he's an incredibly talented wide receiver, and you look at what the wide receiving core is now without him. So now you understand it. But they believe that he has made a team that was on the come, ready to go. They believe that he has made them worse, and his selfish actions has divided a locker room between him and the quarterback and then everybody else. So uh, rather interesting stuff. I thought that was, uh, you know, pretty, pretty, uh, a pretty good read. And then now the, uh, the state's district attorney, uh, the attorney general has responded to the Brett Favre stuff. Did you see that, Ben? No, I missed that, actually. Saying that uh, for him to come out and say it's it's media smearing and he and when he said he didn't know, they said, no, he knew. He knew where the funds were coming from. He knew the agency where they were coming from. He said, no, don't let him fool you. So pretty strong words coming out of the uh, the state's uh, state's attorney general's office down in Mississippi. So that's the ongoing saga. I wanted to start off not on a down note today, but uh, I, I wanted to make it in case you did not know. Uh, John Steinmiller was with the Milwaukee Bucks for 50 years. He was there from the beginning. He was a ticket taker. He was a PR guy. He was the vice president of business affairs. I mean, he did everything in that organization. He brought Ted Davis to town. When I first got here in 1999, he was one of the first guys to welcome me and he was business he was a friend he could be he could tell you like it is even when you sucked he'd tell you you sucked 
Um, but he was one of the best people you'd ever want to meet. He passed away yesterday. I had heard that he was in hospice, and I didn't get a chance to follow up right away, and I feel bad now even more so for not. Um, but as a matter of fact, our buddy Chuck Freeman had told me, did you hear? And I said, no, I, I didn't. I, I didn't know. And that was, I think, I don't know, mid last week. And I kept thinking to myself, I need to, I need to reach out. And I didn't. And now I regret it because John passed away yesterday. The Bucks putting out a, an official statement regarding John's passing. John was so much fun. And, and for as much as I enjoyed him with the Bucks, some of the best memories of John that I, I've ever had are having dinner with him down at Calderon Club or seeing him over at Moe's Steakhouse. Uh, just as recently as, uh, I think, a couple years ago, uh, Kristen and I walked into Moe's, and he was one of the first ones there uh, to, meet, to greet me. He was sitting at the end of the bar, a couple of the guys from the, uh, the Bucks with him. And I, he didn't look good then. Uh, he looked like he had lost quite a bit of weight, and I just said, hey, you feeling okay? He's like, yeah, I'm doing okay, you know. Uh, and John was personal about that kind of stuff. Didn't, you know, you talk about a guy that could hold things close to the vest. Um, you know, he, he was that guy. But uh, but it's it just a. He, I'll say this: when the Bucks sucked, and there was many years they sucked, the reason you didn't completely rip the organization was because you knew good people were there. And one of the lessons I learned: we were sitting, uh, John and I were sitting in the uh, Bradley Center. And Marquette had played that afternoon, and the Bucks had a game that night. And I've told you before on the air that one of the cool things that I've had a chance to do is, you know, I had nowhere to go, so I sat there through the Marquette game. And then I went up into the stands and just sat in the stands with my laptop and was getting some work done. And I just sat there and watched them change out the floors and changed out the, the you know, the the scene, so to speak, because it goes from Marquette to Bucks, and it was different. So uh, John came down. John was there, and he came down. And we just sat and talked. And um, John had said, you know, because they were playing some really bad basketball at the time. And John had said, this was right after George Carl left. They were struggling. They were going through a kind of a rebuild. And they weren't a good team. And he said, you know, the one thing I've appreciated is you don't always kill us. And he kind of laughed about it. And I, I said, John, you're the reason why I don't. Because I know there's a lot of people that work hard behind the scenes. And John said, that's the lesson. He said, that's the reason I've always tried to tell people in the organization when not just fans, but guys in the media, if you treat everybody right, at least you get a little bit of benefit of the doubt. It goes a long way. And I'd love for the Packers organization to understand that. Um, but, uh, you know, as as time goes on and as organizations get bigger and more powerful and they tend to get further and further away from the fans and and that family friendly atmosphere uh to go more corporate and money and departments and you know it it you, you'll it desensitizes you to what that franchise is and to what the people inside the franchise are john never forgot that john was the guy that always wanted to shake your hand always wanted to meet you always took your phone call here's my cell always responded back to you he was that guy, and uh, he was he was a real good one. He was I don't want to say old school because he wasn't. He developed as time went on, but he was a guy that he was the reason that you rooted for organizations when they were down and you didn't have superstars to latch on to because you just wanted to see him succeed. John had been there from the beginning, so you wanted to see John at the beginning of his career and at the end of his career get a title, 
and he did. And I, I was, I, I think, out of all the people that I was happiest for, as the city celebrated and fans went crazy, and you know, you had new ownership, and John was kind of pushed aside when new ownership came in. They kind of put him off into the corner and said, "Okay, thanks for your service. Be go be a good boy." Um, but John was always the guy that said, "Hey, don't forget about these people." He was always in our corner and in the fans' corner, and uh, I just he was he was a great person in an organization, but he was an even better person to get to know when you had dinner or a drink or a laugh. And John and that presence and that smile is is going to be missed. So I, I just wanted to say that because I didn't get a chance to. I, I saw a lot of people wrote things last night. And sometimes when you write it, you try to make it too perfect. And I thought, yeah, I'm not going to do that. I wanted to wake up today and just kind of let it uh, kind of let it for, fall out. And um, and I wanted to tell John's family and all of those in the Bucks organization and everybody that knows him, everybody that's a friend of his, he was one of the best. He he would, truly was. He was a, just a great guy, and uh, and he's definitely going to be missed. So John Steinmiller passing away, and a sad day in in, in the for the Bucks. Um, so that being said, uh, you know I, I I hate to shift gears and go on to other things, but I wanted to make that first today because I thought that that takes precedent over a lot of things. In the meantime, um, the Milwaukee Brewers, they uh, do their end-of-season press conference. Uh, some takeaways from that, which I thought were rather interesting, was David Stearns very much takes the responsibility for missing the postseason. Very much. He, uh, he said, I'm accountable for how this organization performs, and I 100% appreciated that. 100% appreciated that. Uh, when he said it. And, and we're going to hear more. Uh, we're actually going to hear his words coming up. Uh, but also, the uh, and I I said this, and people kept asking me, and said, well, that can't matter. And I said, it does, I'm telling you. Um, Stearns underestimated the impact of the Josh Hader trade. They tried to... Um, they tried to just think that it didn't matter, that clubhouse chemistry wasn't a thing and that it's just about the acquisition of talent or getting rid of a guy that's going to make uh, quite a bit of money and when i said when this whole thing was thought of and i told people i said there's no way they're going to trade him away in the middle of the season there's just no way and my thought was josh Hader had become one of the guys he's one of your cornerstones him and his wife They've been through a lot. They've done a lot. And Josh is just such a likable guy. And then his wife had the trouble with the pregnancy. And everybody in that clubhouse takes account for that. Hey, how you doing? What do you need? The wives all get together. Because you forget about the, 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 the membership, if you will, with the wives behind the scenes. And when she had trouble with the pregnancy and Josh missed that road trip, and you kind of thought, yeah, this is going to weigh heavy on him. And I think it partially did. And then he, he had the birth of his child, and it was a celebration. But just after that, it was like, oh, he finally gets settled in, finally gets back from the paternity leave, finally gets his wife, her health is good, she's good, the baby's good. You finally get to breathe, and then you get traded. And the toll that that, that up and down emotion and such take in a clubhouse, the closeness that it, it puts together in a clubhouse, and then to just basically say, ah, it's a business decision. We'll talk to you later. That didn't sit well with a lot of people in that clubhouse. And 
Josh Hader didn't swing a bat and didn't have people swing and miss, so to speak, when they were at the plate. Josh Hader didn't have errors in the field. Josh Hader didn't have outfielders with weak-ass arms. You know, none of that. But there is something to be said. There's the intangible, and I, I keep preaching it. There is the intangible of a clubhouse, of a locker room, of an attitude, of a joy to come to work, of having a great atmosphere, a great work environment. You know, you can put all the greatest people together, but if they don't mesh as a unit, it becomes drudgery to see them every day. And Josh was a guy that made it lighter, that made it fun, that made it enjoyable in that clubhouse. And I don't think they, they estimated or underestimated the impact of the uh, of the uh, Josh Hader trade. The one thing that's disappointing, the Brewers, is, they do have a lot of arbitration-eligible players this year. Uh, and the payroll is going to go up probably to the guesstimation of 25 to 35 million bucks, probably in about the 30 million dollar more uh, or more range. So when asked about the urgency to spend more and build the team and uh, David Stearns, and we're going to hear it again. David Stearns did not sound overly enthusiastic about the thought of spending money. Like there was just money to spend like, yeah, no problem. We, we got this. Um, which is another reason I do not believe Mark Antanasio. When he said, no, I didn't know about this. No, this was David's call. We were in on the Juan Soto deal. Uh, I don't have a problem with this. I don't have, I, I, I do not believe him one iota. Yeah, that was the first sign of business over product. Because they'd always, even when they didn't spend big money, they always spent money in the sense of, let's go for this, let's go for that, sure, we can try this. This was, yeah, we're going to have arbitration guys going up. He's going to be one of the bigger ones. We don't want to pay him, get him out of here. During a pennant chase, that was one of the first times I'd seen business over product, and that was disappointing. So the spending of money, yeah, first time in a long time we've heard, yeah, probably not going to happen. not going to happen so we got other stuff to talk about regarding the brewers and we'll do that coming up here a little bit later on but uh, nevertheless i wanted to kind of start off with a little bit of that and and just kind of give you the wet the appetite so to speak that we will be discussing some brewer stuff coming up here in a little bit but uh let's do this we're going to step away we're going to take a quick break up against it coming up tonight come on down to the mecca tonight down in the deer district if you've never been there come on out and join us if you have been there you know exactly what i'm talking about good place a lot of fun and uh, they got that enormous giant wall of big screen. So I'm sure they'll have some uh, baseball on tonight and uh, be able to come down, check out the postseason. But we're going to be there tonight, 6 to 8. It's the Bill Michaels Huddle. It's brought to you by our friends at Bud Light. They are the official beer sponsor of the Bill Michaels Sports Talk Network. We appreciate them, their existence as well. And we are going to be gathering tonight down at the Mecca in the Deer District, 6 to 8 this evening for the Bill Michaels Huddle. We'll be back right after this. Covering Wisconsin sports like a blanket, this is The Bill Michael Show on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network.
Bill Michaels Show. Continuing on. Hey, what a great deal. They have, uh, uh, as a matter of fact, I did the, uh, I was uh, with the Fisher House. We had our town hall meeting, our first ever that we did last night. And it was down at Pottawatomie Hotel Casino. And uh, and it was really cool. And, and that's a whole other story. But uh, one of the girls that uh, I work with on the board there said, hey, uh, we're going to the Four Seasons. I said, oh, okay. I, I said, did you, you know, kind of go through through us? or? And she said, my husband listens. And, you know, I, and I have kind of known that. But she said, called up and asked for Barb, left her a voicemail, left her uh, Barb a voicemail. About 15 minutes later, got the call back, told them who they were and that they hear it on the show. Got the 15% plus an additional 10 because they're running that, uh, that special right now. And they're going up this weekend. They have some uh, wine stuff going on up there this weekend at Four Seasons Island Resort. And then as they sat there and talked to Barb about it, she was telling them about the history and about, you know, some of the gangster history from years gone by and some of the haunted stuff that's gone on there. And they're, like, completely intrigued by this. They're, they're just they, – they can't wait to get there. And uh, the fact that the colors are pretty much in peak at this point now, it was pretty windy yesterday, and you hope that it doesn't, you know, rip everything down up north. But it's north right now is just about peak and maybe a little bit past peak, I guess, when it comes to the colors. But they said it's beautiful. So I told her, I said, take a bunch of pictures and send them to me and let me know how it is because I, I can't get up there this weekend. But uh, so they're heading up to the Four Seasons Island Resort. You can, too. Get a hold of our girl Barb and do exactly what Michelle and her husband did. Just simply the four seasons Wisconsin.com. That's the four seasons Wisconsin.com. Or get a hold of Barb, B A R B, Barb at the four seasons Wisconsin.com. Or just call 715 324 5800. That's 715 324 5800. And head on up. And man, I can only imagine the colors are beautiful. The trails are still open. The golf course is still open. A little cold, but the golf course is still open. And they have a lot of different things to do in the area. They're doing a lot of stuff inside now. Dinners, wine tastings, different events. They've got a Halloween party coming up. They've got a, a, a pre-Thanksgiving party, a post-Thanksgiving party. They've got a shopping party with crafts, uh, crafters and vendors that are going to be up there. A lot of stuff to look at. Go to the Four Seasons WI or the Four Seasons Wisconsin dot com. So there you go. Eight seven seven eight six seven sixteen seventy. Want to find us? Please feel free to go ahead and do so again. Eight seven seven eight six seven sixteen seventy. Jim says I also think Atanasio and Stearns. Uh, used Stearns to take one for the team in the hater trade. I agree. Whether that was planned or I've got money, I'll just do it. Uh, either way, I mean, he did it. He kind of threw him under the bus. I I don't know how else to put it. When he came out and said, hey, you know, that, that wasn't my call. That was David, and I didn't really know a lot about it. We were in on this, uh, you know. It was like, well, do you know about it or you don't don't know about it? You know, was the Juan Soto deal, was that brought up? And, oh, we got money. Then No, that wasn't even an issue. Money was never an issue. Well, then why'd you get rid of Josh Hader? That, see, that's what I never understood. Absolutely. Absolutely. That was the first time that I can look at this and say, um, Devontae Adams, or Devontae Adams, I'm sorry, I, I just had something come across, that uh, Mark Antanasio, um, I there are times that Mark may not tell you everything, and that's fine. He keeps a lot of stuff close to the vest, but he has a passion for winning. That was the first time that I looked at him and I went, mm, no, this was a business decision. This was about money. Nothing more. It was money. So that was the first time that I really walked away and went, I'm a little disappointed in this. 
So, uh, speaking of Devontae Adams, by the way, the uh, the Kansas City police say wide receiver Devontae Adams was charged with a misdemeanor assault. He has been charged with misdemeanor assault. So there you go. After the police report was filed, obviously it's on video. You know, you can't deny it. So you just wonder what's going to eventually happen with all that. But he's he's Las Vegas's issue. He has nothing to do with the Green Bay Packers anymore, at least until he retires and then comes back and he retires in the in the Packers uh, Hall of Fame. Goes in that direction. Whether or not he gets a gold jacket, we'll wait and see. Certainly with not what's going on right now, I'll tell you that. But anyway, uh, 877-867-1670. This one uh, is from Complicated Fellow who says, Brewers are going to have to spend money to get people back in the uh, park next year. Uh, the end of the season saw a drop at the gate. Boy, did they. Big time. Big time. Now, the first time in four years, after four seasons, five seasons, that they weren't in the running for the postseason. So that's, you know, when you're in the hunt for the postseason, there's excitement because you know there's more baseball to play. We knew this team wasn't going anywhere. And it obviously had an impact. So no doubt about that. But to get the excitement back, I agree with you. There has to be something that's going to make you go, you can't come back with same old, same old. You can't. If you're, if you're not trying to get better, I'm telling you, I mean, there's a lot of smart baseball fans. Okay, I don't want to sit here and act like we're the only fans that have knowledge of how things work and what they're doing and all that, because everybody does, okay? Everybody everybody knows it. Um, But I'll say this, Brewers fans, specifically since they moved into Miller Park, change of ownership, the direction the franchises have been going, change of management, change of managers, all of that. Brewers fans have become astute. And they know, they know, you cannot run same old, same old out there and go, we're going to get different results. Offensively, this team has been sporadic at best over the last couple of years. We all can see the holes that need to be filled. Okay, you need everyday third, you need everyday center, you need everyday first. You know that you've got Rowdy Telez is either a really good DH or uh, a guy, a bat coming off the bench. You know you got power there. But you have got to figure it out. You know you've got a paperweight in left field. You know all of this. You know you've lost the back end of the bullpen. Now you've got to figure that out. You know the, de- the depth in the bullpen. You've got to figure that out. You have holes. And if you don't do something to make people believe, yeah, this is going to be a lot better, then you will not get people to come back and spend money for the prices that continue to go up at American Family Field, to almost outrageous values, they will not come and spend money and sit down to watch what we all will know is ultimately going to be a failing product. Not going to happen. There is so much. Over the last over the years of COVID, what we discovered was we can do a lot of other stuff. We can watch the game from home. We're good with that. We like to grill. We like to ride. We like to golf. We like to boat. We love parks. We like to go to festivals. We like to go to Wednesday Night Live. We like to go to Jazz in the Park. We like to go to some of the uh, some of the nights out in our little towns, wherever it is we live. We like to go to different fairs. 
We don't have to go spend money for what we know will be a failing product. And that you're absolutely right in that statement. You're absolutely right. Another thing to think about. Stay tuned. A lot more of the Bill Michael Show next. Covering Wisconsin sports like a blanket. This is the Bill Michael Show on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. stuff coming up man they do they got catering uh by the way they've been doing a ton of catering everything from weddings to just gatherings in general they're out there on county road k in oconomowoc they got up early last weekend watch that uh, craptastic packers game with their fans together as well but their menu is just awesome and it continues to morph that's the best part about it they have that huge smoker out there that uh, they do an incredible job with and uh, but the burgers i i love that buffalo chicken salad every time i go there i think i get that thing but great people, better place, great atmosphere, big, spacious, TVs everywhere. Boondocks, barbecue, burgers, and brews in Stonebank, Wisconsin, right on County Road K in Oconomowoc. Stop in, tell Stacy and Tom, everybody there hanging out. New bartenders, all that kind of good-looking, good-looking hottie bartenders out there, too. There you go. Stop in, say hi to everybody out of Boondocks. Enjoy that stuff. Uh, 877-867-1670, want to hit us up, do so. Chris, or, uh, David Stearns yesterday during his uh, you know end-of-season presser uh, did talk also about the giant pink elephant in the room that is Christian Yelich. Here's what he had to say. You know, I, I, I think because of the level that Christian performed at in 2018 and 2019, he's always going to be held to a standard... Um, that is that is really tough to get to. Um, I do think there is more in Christian and, and um, a better offensive player than what we saw this year. He helped us win games this year. There, there's no question. I thought the leadoff spot suited him nicely. He performed there. Um, he felt very comfortable there. Uh, but but I also think that there's there's another level of production um, that he can and will get to. Um, I don't think I can sit here and predict that we're going to see a level of production that we saw in 2019. I don't think that's fair, and I don't think that would be fair for any player. Um, but I think Christian's going to work hard, and, and he has worked hard. And he, I do believe he'll he'll get to a level above what we saw. Let's just let that marinate for a minute. So I think it's unfair to expect that. I agree. I agree. But Ben... When he signed that contract coming off of that huge year and the year before, and the numbers continued to climb, he earned the contract based upon those numbers. Correct me if I'm wrong? Yes, and then the contract brings the expectations that something close to those numbers will continue. Ah, there you go. So you're being paid because you earned the contract off of those numbers and the likelihood of you repeating or coming close to those numbers. He's not close to those numbers. And he was not brought in to be a leadoff hitter. 
He was supposed to be your third or fourth hitter, the guy that gave you the threat in the lineup, that could go yard, that could also give you a few stolen bases, was an okay at best outfielder. But he was there for offensive prowess because nobody in Major League Baseball wanted to pitch to this guy. Nobody. He had this ability to go all over the plate, to take it the opposite way, to pull the ball down the line, to slap it out into right center, into left center, to put the ball out of the ballpark almost anywhere and everywhere. Am I off base here in thinking that? No. I do think, though, if he had hit one more home run and gotten to 15, maybe even past 15, (laughs) we'd have a different discussion here. Let's be honest. Oh, my God. Ben, with the memory like a steel elephant, one that we'll never forget and will only rust, will never fade away. Um, Which, hey, I'm happy to say I I was right. I'm not right about a lot in my life, but I was right about that. Christian Yellis just doesn't look like the same guy. And I, I understand what David Stearns is saying, but he's not being paid to be a leadoff hitter. He's not being paid to to, you know, be a 250 average, 14 home runs, you know, 58 RBI. <laughs> right? Gary, uh, Greg over on the Bud Light live stream says, nice try, Ben. Oh, right, Ben, you gave it your all. That's a trooper right there. Ben gave it his all. But uh, that's not what he's being paid for. That was very much a Christian's going to continue to work. He's going to try. Let's not get down on Christian, but... You take away, and and you can't do it, I say that all the time, but you take away those couple of big years, Christian Yelich is an average to below average baseball player at this point. But he had MVP years. That's what you expect out of him. They're going through the same thing in L.A. with Cody Bellinger. I understand that. But that's what earns you the money. That's That's what this franchise, who can't afford bad contracts, is paying you for. Now, will the contract change anything? Of course not. If anything, it adds pressure. So it's not like, well, you're making the money, so therefore you have to perform and you're going to. Maybe he is what he is. But if this is all you're going to get out of Christian Yelich, oh, oh. maybe by 2028 that deal will actually be worth its its paper because that, the, the salaries will be so exorbitant by then that that'll be an average salary. But right now that's not what you're paying the dude for. Uh, also, David Stearns talks about this being a playoff-caliber team and ascending. I, I think the goal is to always be an ascending-type team. Um, the goal is to go into every season um, believing you're a playoff-caliber team and a team that is capable of winning the World Series. Um, that remains our goal going forward, and I think the young talent we have in Nashville um, will help us get there. Okay, so in other words... We- we're relying on the farm system. All right. When it comes to money, Bill, real quick, yeah. we do have to yeah. take into account how much the ex-golf will bring into the organization. Maybe we oh, sit yeah. back in five years and they're yep. rolling in it. They're the Dodgers-type yep. payroll because it's a very popular addition to the ballpark. Well, you better hope that ex-golf becomes so unbelievably popular that uh, fans, you know, 38,000 will pack ex-golf to go play it because if you're ascending by relying on your farm team at this point, um, yeah, you, you're, you're not, you're not going to have a lot of fans there to attend games. Maybe we need ex-golf vouchers. Maybe that's the difference. Yeah, yeah. Um, 
<laughs> just all right. Okay, I guess so. I I I I like where you're going, Ben. You're being creative. This is you know you're you're part marketer, and marketing people try to figure out a way to uh, paint a turd, make it smell better. You spray perfume on it. You make it sh- look shiny and new, um, and and then you try to sell it. You try to sell it as this 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 rock hard piece of you know jewelry or glass that people are just going to enjoy, but ultimately deep down inside it's a turd. But you, you're you're putting a nice spin on it. I like that. I like I like the creativity. David Stearns talks about building now through free agency. That's always the balance, right? And um, the truth is, you never know what the perfect answer is to that balance until you're looking back three to five years um, in the rears. I, I think there was a time not too long ago where there were plenty of voices encouraging us to trade a Corbin Burns for that final piece, to trade a Freddie Peralta for that final piece, to trade an Aaron Ashby for that final piece. Um, We elected not to do that, and I think those players have now contributed to significant success. Um, So the the question is the right one, um, and it's a balance, and we have to use our best judgment to determine um, when it is appropriate uh, to make those types of trades um, and, and when it is appropriate to keep that premium talent. Financially as well, in terms of free agents, I, I think there is certainly a time to um, intelligently invest in free agency. Um, we are never going to build the team exclusively f- through free agency. We are never going to build a team predominantly through free agency. There is a time um, to invest, and, and I think we have done that. Okay. Okay. Um, in other words. In other words, uh, yeah, we're not going to spend a ton of money. We're not the Dodgers. We can't do it through free agency solely. And I understand that. And you can't. But you have a lot of arms that have come up through your system that are really good. you got to sign them. You keep the band together. And then the whole you, you're not going to get rid of Christian Yelich. You've got a good shortstop. It depends on what you want to do with Colton Wong. And if you believe Colton Wong just had kind of a down year, then you bring him back and you do what you can to keep him and support him. I don't think it's uh I don't think it's a bad thing. Uh but then, you know, Hunter Renfro really panned out. That trade was a really good deal. But you know what you've got? You've got corners and center. You know, you got to figure out your backup catcher position, you know, you got to figure out what you're going to do. I, you know, and unless you have these guys that are ready to come through the system and ready to fortify this team on an everyday basis, then you got to go out and spend some money. I mean, that's what it is. It's what it is. Uh, and the goal, here we go, the goal is to win a World Series. The, the forward-looking message is we remain well within our competitive window. Um, we believe we have a very good core coming back. Um, and, and the goal of the organization remains to, to win a World Series. And that is our aim. That is what we are working towards. Um, and we're going to show up to spring training next year with that objective. So there you go. Every year we're out to win a World Series. Well, you know that. What is the likelihood of that happening and being realistic? You know, there's a reason people pick favorites at the beginning of the season. And some things are for sure. You know, some things are for sure. And then uh, the, the, you know, talking about uh, the hater trade, uh, you know, it, it's, it, it, this, is, this is what he had to say about the, the Josh hater trade. We don't get 
we don't get do-overs um, in, in this position. Um, you know, lo looking back, I remain very excited about the young talent we have in the organization. I also recognize that we went into a trade deadline um, in playoff position and we didn't make the playoffs. Um, and when that happens, you have to look back um, and say, what more could we have done? What different could we have done? Um, the hater trade had uh, clearly had an impact on the team. Um, it, it had a, a, a more pronounced impact um, than I thought it would at the time. Um, and the surrounding moves didn't adequately, um, didn't adequately fortify the team in Josh's absence. In other words, you know, I wish they would have said, what was the plan? What was the reality of this? You know, of, of why, you know, again, you're, you're going for it, and yet you get rid of an all-star. That never made sense from a fortification-style discussion. It never made sense. Again, he recognizes we had it. We were in the postseason. We were starting to get things together. The, the trade deadline was coming. We tried to fortify the team. We all knew you didn't need more pitching. You needed a bat or bats, maybe a bullpen guy, but you needed bats. And instead, you traded away an all-star for a bag of balls. You hope that the young guys you picked up in that deal come to fruition. Maybe they just find it in the offseason and they go through that pitching laboratory out there in uh, the American Family Fields of Phoenix and that they get it and they really fortify the team. That would be the best-case scenario at this point. But what you took was the 2022 season and you threw away an all-star for a bag of balls, and it never made sense. Never made sense. Uh, and then when you got the, the trade done, you looked at it and you went, oh, this is a great deal. Look what we're going to do with these guys. These guys are really, really good. Oh, by the way, we don't need that one. Cut them. <laughs> Just... Okay, let's do this. We're going to go ahead and take a quick break. I've ranted on long enough. 877-867-1670. Our friends at Cunis RV. Go to Cunis. K-U-N-E-S. K-U-N-E-S. CunisRV.com. Wisconsin's fastest growing RV dealer. And uh, Scott and the gang down at the one in Elkhorn, which is where I go to, they, they couldn't be any better. They're great people down there. They are truly invested in helping you, obviously in sales, but in helping you, finding the right product for you, what it is you need, what it is you can afford. They're great people down there, whether it's new, used, consignment, parts, accessories, service. They take care of you. They're all over the state of Wisconsin. Go to Cunis, K-U-N-E-S, CunisRV.com. More of the Bill Michael Show next. This is the Bill Michael Show on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. Now, in Green Bay, here's Mike Clemens. The Packers are back at practice, but they won't take to the field until later in the day, coming off their trip to London. Left tackle David Bakhtiari only played in 25 snaps against the Giants. Josh Nyman was in for the rest of the game with 35 snaps. Matt Lofler asked if Bakhtiari was upset with that decision. Not to my knowledge. Um, I think it was just, you know, we were very mindful. That was a long flight over there. 
you know, playing on turf. So just taking everything into consideration, thought that that was the right thing to do for him. Aaron Rodgers says on that Hail Mary attempt on the final play, he injured his right thumb after being hit from behind by the Giants' number 53 linebacker Carter Coughlin. I was trying to dance around to get myself to a spot uh, where I could, you know, get the ball up. And there's one of those things where you get kind of rocked and you kind of, you know, after the fact, there's obvious disappointment that the game is over. And I was taking kind of a record of where I was at, uh, my body, you know, shoulders, okay, neck, okay, neck's all right, knees, okay, they're okay. My thumb is a little banged up. You got the Bennett fracture, dude? Is everything okay? Uh, I think I'll be able to spin it. I think I'll feel better later in the week. Rogers on the McAfee Show. Up next, the Packers host the Jets on Sunday. We're now 3-2 and two after beating the Dolphins. It's the first back-to-back wins for New York in over a year. Jets quarterback Zach Wilson breaking that losing streak. We don't even really look at the streak because I wasn't here. You know, a lot of these guys weren't here. As It doesn't have a lot to do with a lot of the guys in this room. And, you know, we're, we're focused on ourselves, building this legacy, and the expectation is just is, is changing. You know, we're, we're expected to come in here and win, and we're expected to be shocked when we don't. You know, and that's how the mindset needs to be for everybody. That's New York Jets quarterback Zach Wilson. In Green Bay, I'm Mike Clemens on The Bill Michaels Show. I just, I can't, I can't fathom it. Um, if anybody's watched that, this was a guy looking down at his equipment, walking in front of him, and he, he I, I just, it's like there's people out there that are defending this. Like this was okay. People are making it racial. I, I what the hell is wrong with you people? That boy says, if you watch the video, dude knew what he was doing. He was first of all, you you can't tell anybody in their mind what they knew were, what they were doing. Secondly, it says he was watching Adams in the corner of his eyes. You can't see that. That's a lie. It's almost become racial. Like it's been divided on racial lines to a certain extent. That's sad. That's absolutely freaking sad. That you want to defend this in any particular way. Anybody with a normal mind can look at this, especially the video that I retweeted. And you can see it from the vantage point of behind Devontae Adams, the cameraman walking behind him. That guy was looking down at the ground because he was trying to hold his equipment up. That's disgusting. It's really, really, really disgusting that if you have nothing left to argue, you got to throw out the race card. That's disgusting. And quite cowardly, to be honest with you. Let's do this. We got another uh, three hours yet to go. We're going to switch over to some Packers football. Time to discuss. Time to discuss. Packers getting ready for the Jets. Back at it on the practice field today. Whole lot more yet to go. This portion of the program brought to you by good friends over there at Curly's Waterfront Pub and Grill. By the way, they've got some raffles going on right now. You can win some Bucks tickets over there, too. Because the Bucks only got a couple of preseason games left. I can't believe it. And then the season's going to be here. So get out to uh, Curly's Waterfront Pub and Grill. Not only for the good food and a lot of TVs, but they're giving away tickets, too. Good stuff out there on Pewaukee Lake. More of the Bill Michael Show coming up right after this.
The Bill Michaels Show Podcast. Listen, rate, subscribe.